What if everything you're searching for is already inside of you? Hi, I'm Cassandra Goodman, and I believe that true power comes from staying connected to who we really are at our core. This is a podcast about what it means to stay true to ourselves and why authentic leadership is such tricky business. You'll hear inspiring real-life stories from big-hearted leaders. I hope these stories help you to remember that true power comes from within. Here I am today speaking to my gorgeous friend and fellow coach Jasmine. Jasmine has got an incredible purpose in the work that she does. Jasmine's purpose is to bring love to work so people can make a lasting contribution to our world through their work. And I think that it gives me goosebumps actually reading that, Jasmine. It's such a beautiful purpose statement. I mean, you and I have had lots of conversation about love and how important it is to have more love at work. So welcome. Thank you, Cassie. So lovely to be here. So we know that this is a podcast, a conversation that really gets right to the heart of the matter, right to the heart of this tricky business of finding our true power, of being true to ourselves at work. So the first question I have is, Jasmine, can you take us back to a time, a moment in your life when you were not being true to yourself? Yes, and when I think about that question, the first memory that really comes to mind is my name. Mm -hmm. So interestingly, and I don't know if you know this story, Cassie, but my name is not Jasmine. I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, so I chose Jasmine for myself. I named myself at the age of almost 16. And the the reason for that was um, my family and I had arrived in Australia from Iraq as as political refugees. And my my Arabic name is Rana. I mean, you could write that in different ways, but the way that in in Arabic, it's, it's the way you'd say it is Rana, but it is not something that in Australia people can say. So the only way we could write it was R-A-N-A. And I didn't speak English and coming to school here in Australia at the age of 14 is it really, I mean, just think for any of us being at that age is tricky. You're going through puberty. Mm. There's just so much confusion around your body. But then add to that coming to a different country where your parents have gone from being the ones who know what's going on to the ones asking you for help because they don't understand their environment. You look different. And I went and we moved to Perth, which is a particularly homogenous um, in, in the early 90s, yeah. so 1994. Um, so there was no one really like me. So I went to a high school where for six months I learned how to speak English. Um, and my brother and sister and I were teased daily about our name, about how we spoke, about how we looked, So two years later, when our citizenship came up, my dad said, guess what? You have an opportunity to change your name and you don't have to put up with any of this anymore. So he just, mum and him gave us an opportunity to each choose a name. And that was the point where now reflecting back on it was a moment where I officially stopped being me and I chose to be somebody else so I could fit in. Wow. Gosh, 
I can't believe we've known each other all these years and I don't know this story. So you chose the name Jasmine. And what can you remember why you chose? Well, why did you choose that name? I'm sure you can remember. Why did you it's choose? It's a very Jasmine? funny story about that, Cassie. So <laughs> it's all light and sh it's darkness and light at the same time. It's got that kind of funny but serious so the reason you don't know that about me because I don't know that I am yet at peace with the feeling that comes with it which is a little bit of shame around why was I not strong enough mm. to stay me why could I have not chosen to be true to myself at that time because interestingly my husband who's Syrian by background his parents gave him that choice at the age of six um and he chose to keep his name because he said to his parents, that's not me. And, and with his name, it was interesting in that his name is Shimon, which is Simon in English. So he was only going to change it to be the equivalent of his name. But he still chose Shimon, which is one of the hardest names to not only pronounce as well as write. But even at six, he had that, I don't know, what, what would you call it? Is it being anchored, being um, more himself? that he was able to say to his parents, no, actually, I'm Shimon and I'll stay that. While for me, there is this feeling of um, often conflict around at the time, I jumped at it, but now in reflection, I wish I hadn't. Mm -hmm. So Jasmine was the name of a gorgeous woman on um, Bald and the Beautiful. She was this Black American woman who had beautiful curly hair and I just loved her character. And Jasmine, to me, I love the flower. It also has its name it, it's quite kind of got a middle eastern background so i think that's why i i chose it it doesn't i wouldn't say that it doesn't reflect me at all but i still don't feel connected to the name because it wasn't meant to me at birth wow okay so at what point i'm really curious at what point did you look back on that decision which sounds like at the time when your dad said hey guess what you can choose your name I am imagining that the time that was quite exciting and a little bit freeing that I'm going to be able to lift myself out of this daily, this daily teasing, which is heartbreaking to think of you as a little girl being teased for your name. Um, but at the time, it sounds like this opportunity, like, great, I'm going to become Jasmine. At what point did you start to see that decision differently as, as opposed to something that was liberating to something that perhaps was more about moving away from who you were interestingly only a few years ago I if anything it was more affirmations the less times I had to explain it the fewer times I had to um the every time that I got into a situation and that translated to me you know going on and working as a lawyer it, you know it, it took the attention away from me being a refugee, me coming from another country. Sometimes every now and then people would say, was oh, that Yasmin or Jasmine? But other than that, people did not, my name didn't cause me to have to explain myself. Mm. So if anything over and over again, it confirmed to me I've made the right decision. It was really only after, probably a few years ago when I was trying to make decisions about how I wanted to work, how I wanted to be in the world of work and personal that I started to feel an unease around the name because it didn't feel like it reflected me as much as I wanted it to or it reminded me of the dissonance or the the struggle um, that there is parts of me 
that are not integrated, that they were just bits of me and I'd show up differently in different contexts to be what I needed to be in that interaction but not feel like I was fully me, which a big part of that was the name, but there's other elements of me that I wouldn't bring into conversations deliberately because I didn't want that part of me to be there. Yeah, and there's there's so much research about this, how we mask um, and different people who identify differently have to mask more or less in order to feel safe, in order to feel accepted. You know, it's really a sad reality of the society we live in that depending on how you look and how your name sounds that that we have to mask in order to kind of survive and protect ourselves yeah it is and it's it's masking and orphaning and or and and it it is so contextual like Mm -hmm. in some places I go and even it's so unconscious as well that I realize I'm much more open in this setting to bring my faith or my identity as as a refugee or my um my background or my religion all of those elements it's like the environment you you and it's amazing how quick we do that like how quickly we do it we walk in spaces and very quickly observe the environment and go it's okay to be this and this here but it's not okay to be this and this here yeah as we know it's exhausting because you're constantly assessing environments and constantly checking as you say how am I going to be more safe and which parts of me are welcome and which aren't which parts do I need to hide or mask yeah and I think it is exhausting and the research shows that I think it's something like half of straight white men say they have to mask some element and then the the numbers go up from there depending on your background depending how you identify um the percentages just go up and up from there um Mm -hmm. so we've all gone and got this second job of as you say assessing which part of me is safe to reveal in this setting and which part of me do i need to suppress hide disown in order to feel safe or to be accepted and it's a very legitimate um concern for our safety right this our psychological safety is very much often and sometimes our our physical safety can be at risk so this is really a very understandable necessary um survival or coping strategy isn't it and it's um yeah it's there's so much to unpack here so so in terms of this um this realization that you've had more recently that perhaps by choosing a different name for yourself there was there was something left behind there there was some fragmentation or um loss of true your true self your true identity and so the the next question I have for you is if you could re-enter that scene um that scene where your dad said hey guess what you can choose a different name and you could go back in time to that younger, well, Rana, am I saying it correctly? That yes. little girl, Rana, mm. as if you could go back in time as your most empowered self, freeze frame that moment and whisper something in her ear, what would you say to her knowing what you now know? Be brave. Keep your name. I, w- I wish... You know, I even wish my parents had given us an opportunity to be coached on this or have spoken us through the pros and cons of it. But obviously they're doing the best they could in the moment. But I just wish I had more time or I had 
more space to really think about what it meant for me. Um, so yes, if I could have it again, I wish that one, I just had time and space and the whisper of be brave. It's not going to be like this, you know, it's not going to be like this forever. It was, it's like in high school. I think we all feel that in that, in, in that point in time in our lives, it feels like a bubble. It feels like it will last forever. And then you, you know, grow up and you, and now I, I look back at it and I, the sense of freedom that I have now, the integration, and it's of course taken work to integrate all those parts of me. But I wish that it was just to be brave in that moment and know that that was only temporary pain, that it was going to get better and that to keep my name would have given permission for others to to have done the same but also for me I would have had so many different conversations in my whole life than the ones I had because I if I kept my name I think I would have had so many more rich conversations about my history and that would have cemented more of me being true to myself than what transpired which was then I over time by me not being me went what was further and further fragmented Mm. so powerful and what I feel compelled to say is that you are one of the bravest people I know and whether I call you Rana or Jasmine doesn't change that so I just want to acknowledge your courage your bravery and the wonderful work that you've done to figure out what does it mean to be true to yourself and the courage to come on and share some of that story with us today so thank you so much Jasmine it was a privilege to learn that about your history and I'm intrigued to see where this um, reclamation of, of Rana takes you. Thank you so much, Cassie. And I think the power of conversation to help people continue conversation by conversation to integrate more of themselves. I think telling even a year ago, telling the story would have been too scary for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen more and more people reclaim their names, particularly people who come from different backgrounds that have over time decided, what well, if it's too hard for everybody, I'm just going to name myself something else. But I've seen this trend where people are, you know, spelling out their name, pronouncing their names and asking people to call them by their name. And I think that is a huge part of this movement of being true and claiming your true power. Um, So that's just one element that I think, and every time I talk about it, I feel braver and I feel more me. So thank you for letting me talk about it. Anytime. Okay, so my next question is, what do you know now that you wish you'd known back then when you made the decision to change your name? I think looking back, I wish I'd known that I was exactly what the world needed, just as I was. You know, there was room for me. I didn't need to fit into somebody else's name or be somebody else to belong, but it didn't feel that expansive for me at the time because it was all about actually wanting to be like everybody else. And I think this is, it is partly wisdom, maybe it does take age, but there is that freedom I feel now to that it is precisely because of me being me that I'm actually good at what I do. It, it, it is the reclaiming of all of me that gives me that true power to actually make a difference, to live my purpose, to contribute. And it's all those elements that, that make me who I am 
that contribute to that. It's actually the orphaning or the masking that actually takes away power. Mm, that's so true. Um, that really resonates. And so this knowing that you now have that it's it's embracing all that you are is your source of power and is the reason you're so incredible at the work you do. Um, how does this knowing then shape the person you are today? I think this knowing, it's two things. One is just how I feel in my own skin and in my own body. I feel lighter. Mm -hmm. You know, I just feel that sense of freedom, that all that energy that I used to put into the masks and into the editing and into the orphaning can now actually be used to further the purpose because I'm simply showing up as fully myself which takes no energy at all I don't have to do any of that extra stuff so then whatever energy remains can be put, you know put behind the work that we want to see the change we want to make in the world so that's that's absolutely I would say the the first part is more personal to me and how I show up. But the second part is permission for others. I feel like every time we tell stories like that, people feel a little more brave to be more themselves. And I see that every day in the interactions that I have, that when I say things about myself that make me who I am, I notice that gives courage to others to go, actually, that's me too. And it's like you're welcoming more of themselves into spaces. Yes, yes. When we see people who are fully themselves, who are fully comfortable in their own skin, you just know that this is the this is who this person is in front of me. There's no masking, there's no hiding, there's no shape shifting, there's no second guessing. This is a true, authentic being in front of me. Then it absolutely gives us courage to to show up more authentically and feel more empowered to do that. So it's absolutely contagious. Yeah, I really get that. And and so my final question, I suppose, Jasmine, is what would be different for you in your life if you never again forgot this knowing that that who you are is essential to the work you do in the world and that the world really needs all of Jasmine to be here fully expressed in her full fabulous vibrancy. If you never forgot that again, what would be different for you? I think that would be ultimate freedom. You know, that that is one of my values is that that feeling of complete freedom. And I think to wake up each morning and have that deep knowing that you being you is your power, that is what your contribution is in the world. I think that will create so much space. Uh, that's why I'm thinking freedom and space to get on with the important work that we all need to contribute to to make our world a better place and that's that's for me you know that the bringing love to work is I know that people feel a connection to their purpose through their work but often it's all the masking and the orphaning and the bettering and all of that of themselves that they can't fully show up and do the work that they believe can change our planet, our uh, make the world a better place. So for me, for all of us to wake up, all that energy can then be productive rather than take away from, um, rather than be reserved for all the editing. Yes, productivity. Now there's a, there's a word that business responds to. I love it. 
Let's yeah. wrap this up as productivity. It's when a we're, human when productivity in its purest way of people pure. doing good work in the flow and not having to waste so much mental energy and mental load on showing up as they think they're meant to show up. Instead of as we are, yes. Well, it's a privilege to know you as you are and it's a privilege to see you shine and bring love to work it's a conversation I hope more and more leaders and workplaces are having I think it's so powerful and so important and I appreciate your friendship and your ongoing support so much thank you so much for all that you shared today thank you so much Cassie for finding and making space for people to tell these stories it's my pleasure By being true to our deepest selves, we liberate our highest potential and serve the greatest good. As the founder of the Center for Self-Fidelity, I am on a mission to help leaders feel more authentically empowered so we can co-create workspaces where people can thrive, perform, play and belong. Learn more at selffidelity.com.